Assemble! We don't mess around. We don't waste time. Over here at his hard line. Let's go! Let's go. Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Welcome to the show. Let's get started. Oh, greetings and salutations, ladies and gentlemen. I am Jason, your co-host with our sovereign Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, at my side because he is the host with the most and he is in charge and he is in the captain's chair and at the helm and behind the wheel and he is steering this great vessel through these crazy rough waters that we call life. So welcome to His Hard Line. Today is Friday, June 23rd, 2023, and we're just clipping along this year. I tell you, it just seems like just a few weeks ago, it just seems like we were kind of celebrating a new year and kind of getting done with winter. Man, we're already like clipping along, getting right up to Independence Day here, about ready to celebrate that and getting into the heat of the summer and watching our grass burn right up. It's great. It's been so dry. Man. But uh, so you are listening to His Hard Line, episode 565. It's not going to be, a, I say that now, watch, it'll turn to an hour. But um, it's not going to be the typical show, but the uh, the title of the show, it's uh, episode 565, Unveiling Evil. I have about an eight-minute clip I'm going to play uh, that I'm not a huge fan of them, but I find it really compelling. But uh, uh, Glenn Beck, there is a video that I'm going to play an audio piece from his show not that long ago either talking about a specific dream he had. And it's very, very interesting um, to hear him tell this story because it's pretty close to something that my wife even experienced when she had a dream, uh, not quite like what Glenn Beck had, but similar in nature. So we'll talk a little bit about that and just kind of yeah, get into that, you know, dive into that little discussion. But before we do, we're going to get into 1 Peter chapter 5. That is the last chapter in 1 Peter, and then we'll get into 2 Peter. But before we get into all that, I almost forgot. Let me start the recording over on Clout Hub because I almost forgot yet again. Sorry, Clout Hub. I keep forgetting about you guys over there and starting it up. But now it's starting to stream, so there we go. All right. Well, daily disclaimer. 
for all the Karens and Darrens out there. Remember, as I always state periodically on this podcast, I am not a doctor. I don't wear a white coat and I don't play one on TV. I'm not a financial advisor, a pastor, priest, deacon, biblical scholar, or a bar lawyer, nor hold any title of nobility. I don't give out legal advice. I am also not the official face or voice of the national, state, or county assemblies. And additionally, I do not advocate for violence. I am my own man, and the opinions, thoughts, and statements are of my own unless I reference other material. So there you go. Um, I will say this, though. So um, even though it says I'm not a you know pastor, priest, or a deacon, or a biblical scholar, which is true, I'm none of those. I am on the ballot to be uh, for Michigan General General Assembly. I am on the ballot for uh, to be a chaplain for the Michigan General General Assembly. So we we will see if I win that position. Which if I don't, no big deal. There's another guy that I probably will actually be voting for, who is the active chaplain right now, and he is great at what he does. So, but somebody nominated me for it. I accepted. So eh, we'll see how it works. I don't know everything in God's will, right? Everything in God's will and God's plan. So, so today we're going to stick a lot around the topic of uh, the last chapter in first Peter, and then we'll get into a couple audio pieces and we'll get into the whole unveiling evil uh, discussion. But today we're going to start off uh, by diving into the last chapter, which shares a message, again, a very important message from First Peter chapter 5, and it speaks to us about the qualities of true leadership and the importance of submission and mutual respect and the need to trust in God amidst adversity and the hope that we find in his grace and eternal promises. Now, in this chapter, we are going to be reminded that leaders should not seek power or personal growth, but rather serve with humility. This is one of the biggest things that we look for with elected people that take office or hold office or people that um, get appointed to positions within the assembly. We want people who are going to serve with humility and who are virtuous people and they're not in it for personal gain, right? They need to set the positive examples for those that they lead. Now, whether it's in our professional lives or the assembly of states or communities that we live in or just within our own four walls and our family units, you know, we can learn from this lesson. And by prioritizing the needs of others and leading with humility, we can create a better world for for everyone around us. Now, the chapter also emphasizes the value of submission and mutual respect. It encourages younger individuals to submit to their elders, right? And recognizing the wisdom and experiences that they bring. Now in our own lives, fostering a culture of respect, submission, and humility can lead to stronger relationships and a more harmonious communities. And then as, as far as adversity goes, that is always going to be a part of life. And the chapter acknowledges this reality as we get into the reading, because it warns us of the adversary often symbolized as the devil or Satan. And we all know he seeks to undermine our faith and our well-being. But the big thing that we need to take away from all this is remember that we are called to cast our cares upon God and resist the negative influences that surround us. So by trusting in God, we need to remain steadfast in our faith and then rely on the support of fellow believers. And we can overcome any challenge that comes our way. So, 
let's dive right into the reading, all right? Let's do that. So again, 1 Peter chapter 5, I am reading out of the New King James Version. And part of me, oh man, I'm trying to think. I'm not sure if I'm going to go right from 1 Peter because this will be the last chapter of this book. I'm not sure if I'm going to go right into 2 Peter. Maybe I might because I think that's only a few chapters as well. But I want to actually start digging into the the book of wisdom of Ben Sira, or, or also known as the Ecclesiasticus book. Now, you might be scratching your head and be thinking, well, wait a minute, Jason, wait a minute. What is that? Because that's not in my Bible. You're right. If you typically have, you know, you have your New King James Version Bible or you have your uh, NIV or ESV or whatever. Yeah, that book is not going to be in it because that's one of the seven Apocrypha books that's in the New American Bible Revised Edition that was from the original Hebrew text. But I was reading in that today. God was leading me to go read some of the chapters in that book. And... I found a lot of interesting stuff that after reading it, now going through the last couple years of experiencing what we've gone through as far as like assembly related stuff, right? And learning about self-governance and how we need to get the power back in the people, and how we need, I mean, this is obviously a given. I mean, it's very in our, you know, I don't want to say in our face, but very obvious how we need to, the importance, it talks about the importance of having God centered in our life. Or us center, you know, being centered around God, I should say. So we're going to get into that, I think. I'm not sure, but we'll figure it out by Sunday. Because tomorrow, like I said, we have a face-to-face meeting for the state. So there will be no show tomorrow. So let's get into the reading. So 1 Peter chapter 5. It's not a lot here, I think. Yeah, only 14 verses, so pretty short. So it says, The elders who are among you, I exhort, and I, who am a fellow fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed, shepherd the flock of God which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly, nor as being lords over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Jesus Christ, or Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. By Silvanus, our faithful brother, as I consider him, I have written to you briefly, exhorting and testifying that this is the true grace of God in which you stand. She who is in Babylon, elect together with you, greets you, and so does Mark, my son. Greet one another with a kiss of love. Peace to all of you who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. And that is the reading 
first Peter chapter five, verses one through 14. So a little bit of a summary. What would we read here? So the biggest thing here that we're, we read here is how leaders should humble and serve willingly. Leaders should be humble and serve willingly because the chapter emphasizes that leaders within the community of believers should shepherd the flock of God with humility, serving as examples rather than seeking personal gain or exerting authority over others. And this highlights the importance of ser- uh, of uh, servant leadership and genuine care for those under one's guidance. Now, a little application for today's present world, you know, leaders in any capacity can learn from this lesson, especially within our assembly of states. And if you hold an office or any type of position, because whether if you're in a personal setting, a community setting, family setting, within the assembly setting, leaders need to prioritize serving others, not self-serving themselves, but serving others and leading with humility and setting a positive example for those that they, that they, that they lead. Now, the next lesson we could take away from this is about submission and mutual respect because the chapter encourages younger people to submit to their elders, right, by emphasizing the importance of mutual submission and humility among believers. And it highlights that God opposes the proud but extends grace to the humble. Now, how we can apply that in today's world is by fostering a culture of respect, right, humility, All that can lead to a healthy relationship and within our communities and within our families. But see, again, like we talked about in a previous show, this is one of the biggest reasons why they want the father out of the house, because the father, I'm not saying mothers don't do this, but the father is going to be a hard, you know what, with instituting respect in the household. This is why we see a lot of younger people out there, not everyone, but we see a big generation out there that has no respect for, for, for their elders, adults at all. And so this really ultimately involves valuing the wisdom and experiences of elders while younger individuals learn from their guidance. And additionally, practicing humility and mutual submission can help build stronger relationships and promote unity. Now, Another lesson we can take away from here is trusting in God and resisting adversity because the chapter acknowledges the presence of challenges in the adversary that we all face, which in this case is portrayed as Satan or the devil, right? And the devil seeks to devour us believers. It emphasizes the need to cast our cares upon God and resist the devil and remain steadfast in faith. See, today, there's so many people, so many of us, we, we, we face various challenges and temptations that can undermine our faith and well-being. I mean, it's everywhere. There's snares laid out by Satan and his little legion of demons everywhere. But see, by trusting in God, and seeking his guidance, and yes, relying on his strength, not our own strength, but his strength. We can overcome all that adversity. We can step over all those snares. We can resist the negative influences and remain steadfast in our beliefs and rely on the support of fellow believers that can help us navigate the trials of life. 
Another lesson in here is talking about God's grace and eternal glory, because the chapter concludes by highlighting the God of all grace who calls believers to his eternal glory through Jesus Christ. It emphasizes that after enduring suffering, God will perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle them. And again, this is, this is a reminder that encourages believers to find hope and endurance in God's grace and the promise of eternal glory. It reminds us to uh, persevere through the difficult times, knowing that God's ultimate plan is one of restoration, strength, and settled peace. So in summary to all this, you know, these lessons in this last chapter of 1 Peter, it encourages leaders to serve with humility, okay? That's a very, very big, important thing there that, that we need to take away here. And it emphasizes mutual respect and submission and trust in God amidst challenges and find hope in his grace and eternal promises. And by applying these lessons in today's world can actually foster healthier relationships, promote unity, overcome every kind of adversity, and find hope and purpose in God's plan for our lives. And this is what we're looking for in the assembly. This is what we need in our families, in the workplace. This is the type of stuff that we need. See, we need leaders who aren't in it for their own personal gain. Again, we need leaders who are ready and willing to serve others, not themselves. But see, anymore these days, it seems like so many people are got that mindset of, well, what's in it for me? What do you mean, what's in it for you? You get to help mankind you get to help elevate god's people do you think when i started this podcast i said to god hey god if i do this and i answer this call what's it in it for me you're gonna make me a millionaire <laughs> he'd probably laugh at me and be like <laughs> oh jason you know you can't serve two gods that's probably what he'd say to me I didn't say, hey, what's in it for me then? No, I did this because it's a service that I felt like I needed to answer that God called me to do. And I felt like internally I needed to answer this. And so here I am. I know this show is not riveting and always exciting. I get it. But it is important to constantly get God's word out there because that's what this world needs. That's what our country needs. Because if we don't have God's word embedded into our ears and our heart and in our soul, which then reverberates into our families. And when we have strong families that create strong nations, see, if we don't have God's word, then strong families can't exist. Strong nations can't exist without God's word, without the guidance and abiding by God's law. Again, the biggest reason why his hardline exists is because we emphasize everything God, wellness, family, and country. And yes, in that order. Now, let's pivot here for a little bit, for a minute. Now, I know a lot of people, I've had some people ask me privately, they're like, how come you don't really talk about like what's going on in the world and in the news. I'm like, well, it's pretty simple. It's all noise and it's all bull crap. I mean, really, I mean, but just to appease some of those people, I'll just go over just a couple quick headlines from the gateway pundit. I mean, it's, it really isn't anything big. 
I mean, I think a lot of you already heard about that that new Titan submarine that imploded, I think, a few days ago, right? That that little <laughs> submarine that was taking people on tours through the Titanic. So apparently that imploded. So there you go. There's that in case you didn't hear about that. Um, what else we got here? Federal prosecutors have evidence. Joe Biden met with Hunter Chinese energy client CEFC. Well, there you go. Does that surprise anybody? Um, what other crap do we got in here in the gateway pundit? Let's see here. Now is not the time to talk impeach Biden in quote says weak McCarthy. He wilts under pressure. He won't pursue impeachment. There you go, guys. I mean, if you want to continue to follow this clown show and what's going on in D.C., the sewer of America, I mean, that's what's going on. I mean, anybody that wants to believe this crap, go right on ahead. Just go to the Gateway Pundit, go to Fox, go to CNN. They'll feed you exactly what you want. Okay, this is why I don't really go over the news anymore like I did. It's all junk. They're lying to us. Any little bit of truth that is in there or maybe in there is so hidden and deeply embedded, you have to dig through about 90 pounds of crap before you get to the little nugget of truth. So why do we even want to bother doing that? I mean, look, here's another stupid headline exclusive. Democrats accuse Trump train of violating Ku Klux Klan Act and defendants push back against mainstream media lies. What what is that? Ku Klux Klan Act? I, okay. I have no idea what any of that is. It sounds stupid. So there you go. To anybody that was wondering why I don't go over the news, that's why. Because it's all garbage and it's all noise and it's a clown show. So now let's get into this. Now, I posted this, I think, about a week, week and a half or so ago, maybe two weeks ago now. Um, Glenn Beck was on his show. Now, I'm not a huge follower or listener of Glenn Beck. Every once in a while, when I get sick and tired of some of the podcasts I listen to, yeah, I'll tune in once in a while because he does his show from 9 a.m. to uh, noon, um, Monday through Friday. And so every once in a while, I'll tune in. But again, more for brainless listening. But he was talking about a dream that he had, which was very, very interesting because my wife shared this with me and uh, via text. And she said, you know, this almost kind of sounds similar to a dream I had, which we might, if we have time, I'll get into that. But let, let's listen to this. It's about eight minutes long, so bear with it. But this is very interesting, talking about unveiling evil. Listen. I feel compelled to tell you that uh, seasons have changed again and it is becoming more and more apparent and you need to know what you're dealing with. Um, we keep thinking that this is a political thing. It is not a political thing. Um, I never thought I would share this and take, take from it what you will. I mean, you can dismiss it. Um, I never have. If you are a longtime listener of this program, you know that uh, one of the reasons I left New York, besides the whole thing was going to burn itself down, uh, was... I had a medical condition. Part of it was brought on by no REM sleep for about 10 years. Um, I actually found this to be very advantageous because I could get so much done because I just couldn't sleep. Um, and uh, for 10 years, I never had a dream. That's not good for your body. Uh, and so I was really kind of broken down when I moved uh, here. I feel much, much better and having dreams again, et cetera, et cetera. However, during this period, 
uh, I had what could be described as a dream. I do not believe it was, um, but you might just say, well, that's ridiculous, whatever. In this dream, uh, I wake, uh, I, I come to in this dream, and I am in a hallway of the White House. And I'm, a, I'm walking into a big room where there's a bunch of cubicles, and people look up, like, who's walking in? And there are people behind me, but I don't know who they are yet. I just know I'm being pushed forward by them. The people are at the cubicles, and they look over the cubicle first at me, and then they, their eyes dart to the people behind me and then dart right back down. And I realized everybody in the White House is terrified of who's ever behind me. I kind of glance back and I see these people that are in uniforms that I've never seen before. Um, and um, I have seen them since, but that will be for some other time. But I'd never seen these before. And uh, we're being pushed through this place and then we go into a room like the Situation Room, okay? Big conference room, presidential. Uh, and uh, it's me and about three other people. And we're sitting down at that conference room table. We were told just to wait there. So we do. And we start talking about, oh, I don't think this is going to be good. That's when two other people walk in. Um, and they were clearly identified in the dream. However, I'm not sure anymore that that um, image was anything other than helping me relate to what I'm about to tell you. Um, so uh, the one guy... Uh, when they open the door, these guys in uniforms are in the hallway, and one guy says, uh, him, him, and him, take him out. And they get up and look at me, and I'm the only one sitting at the table still, and uh, they go out, the guards close the doors, and I'm now alone with these two people that are clearly in charge of something. They're not political. They're not in a political position. It didn't feel like. You know, it wasn't the president or anything like that. And um, they are uh, standing there, and then I hear three gunshots. And they said, uh, yeah, yeah, that happened pretty quickly for them. However, you, we're going to get to know. And, um, and I, I said, oh, okay. And they said, because you really have no idea who you're dealing with. And that's when one of them reached under like a Mission Impossible mask and ripped off his face. And he was Satan. He was a demon. Okay? Horrifying. I wake up. This was so um, vivid that I didn't tell anyone for months and not even my wife and it bothered me deeply and I didn't know exactly what to do with that information and uh, about a year, year and a half went by and um, it still was with me almost every day um, something you just don't forget and uh, I get a call from a guy who is you would know his name, big spiritual leader now I don't mean to pause us and be an interrupter but Listen to this next part really carefully. Now, this is pretty wild. He gets into how he got a call from this big, this big name spiritual leader that a lot of us would probably know the name of if he mentioned it. Listen to the next set of events that occurs. This is pretty crazy. And he calls me. He says, "Can you come to my? Uh, can you come to my house? I, I need to talk to you." And I said, "Okay, sure. When?" He said, "As soon as possible." I said, "This weekend." Okay. He said, "Yeah." So I fly out, my wife and I stay overnight. We're going to see him the next morning. And uh, that night I have the exact same dream. And I wake up and I'm just in a panic. And we get in the car, I don't tell my wife, we get in the car and she said, this is gonna be nice. And I said, yeah, except I'm having a hard time breathing right now. And she said, why? And I said, because I had that dream again last night. Remember, 10 years, no dreams, two dreams, the same one. One and then the same one about a year and a half later. 
And she said, you know, you should talk to him about that. And I said, no, no, no. I, uh, uh, if the Lord wants me to delve into it, he'll, he'll, he'll bring it up. Uh, no, I, I, I don't want to talk about it. And so we go into the guy's house. We sit down. He's sitting on the couch. And he sits down. He sits right on the edge of the couch. And he leans into me. And he says, you know, sometimes the Lord talks to people. I said, uh-huh. And he said, um, and sometimes people like you, he'll, he'll speak in many different ways. Uh-huh. Including dreams or visions. And I said, right? And he said, and this is when he leaned in, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. And I said, uh-huh. And he said, do not dismiss that dream. Do not ever dismiss that. And I said, okay. He sat back and he said, that's it. That's all I wanted to say. And that was it. I have made choices on this show based on that. You might find that ridiculous. Maybe you don't. I will never dismiss that. I'm sharing it with you today, what, 10 years later, because you must not dismiss what you're dealing with. We are not in a battle of politics. We're not. Politics and our whole culture has become evil. I started this hour talking about what this pedophilia stuff that is going around and how this, but nobody, nobody will even say anything that the designer of this uses the hashtag Moloch. That is the God of child sacrifice. This is what we're dealing with. Now, I never thought that people, and when I wrote the book, Eye of Moloch, I never thought the average person who was involved in all of this stuff even believed in any of that, but they are being put into situations where some leaders, and I'm not talking politically in this particular case, I'm talking about that designer. I do believe they know what they're doing and we are worshiping Moloch. We are worshiping Baal, and they are demanding our children as a sacrifice. You have to get to a point to where you are going to choose a side. There, is, there will be no one left on the benches, and if you think you can sit it out, you will end up on the wrong side. I, I urge you to uh, know who you serve. This is a different time in human experience. This is not normal. None of this is normal. And uh, it has been coming slowly in dribs and drabs, but for those who are pay really paying attention, it's methodical. And it has taken a extremely disturbing turn. We are, we're no longer talking about issues of, you know, tax policies and how big the government should be. We're not talking about those things anymore. We are talking about the erasing of the fundamental right for you to choose between good and evil. You're, you're being coerced right now to accept one side. That is taking away your freedom of choice. That is God-given. Satan's plan was the other one. I'll go down, I'll return them all. Just give me the glory. I'll make the decisions for them. You have to start reading the news with spiritual eyes. I also urge you to start um, getting yourself back into the fold, whatever fold it is, of God. Get back to a place to where your eyes and ears are attuned to the spirit because you will not make it through this storm without it. As I used to say, there will come a time where you have to be so in tune, if the spirit says, stop, turn around, go the other direction, you don't question it, you do it. And unless you start listening to it now and developing that muscle, you will not stop in time. Please.
We are in different times. So that about sounded about as real as it got, huh? He's not exaggerating, ladies and gentlemen. Like I said, I've never really followed Glenn Beck that much. I used to. But when he shared, when my wife shared that uh, eight-minute clip of his account on that dream, and then him getting that call from that pastor, or that spiritual leader that is a big name, and they flew out to go talk to him, I mean, you heard the conversation. That's all it was. It was a two-minute conversation of him saying to Glenn, sometimes God talks to people, okay? And sometimes he talks to us in certain ways, okay, yeah. And sometimes that's in dreams, Uh uh-huh. And you know what I'm talking about. And Glenn starts freaking out in his storytelling by saying, "Uh uh-huh. He says, don't ever dismiss that dream. My wife had a very similar dream. I think I've talked about it, but in case I did, and I'll just kind of give a quick synopsis rundown on it. So remember when Glenn said in his dream, when he was in that room there in the White House, that kind of resembled the situation room, right? That was very presidential, big conference table, so on and so forth. He said that the men that were leading him in the room by gunpoint, um, he said he looked at them. They didn't look like anybody that were official government people, but they were definitely not good guys. And then, of course, like Mission Impossible, they, you know, uh, ripped their mask off and they end up being demons, right? Out of this world, demons. So my wife had a, 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 a dream of sorts that was kind of like that. So for the longest time, I was saying, I've, I've, I've told you this. I don't know if I've gotten into exact details, but, you know, we've dealt with a pretty significant amount of spiritual warfare in our own personal life and spiritual attacks. My wife and I are 100% convinced that a lot of the things that we have encountered in our home and physically are spiritual attacks. Now, we have a house that's brand new. Nobody else has lived in it, so nobody has died in it, so there should not be any type of spirits lingering around. It wasn't built on an Indian burial ground, at least not to my knowledge. But we have had some really crazy, dark entity type of activity. More so with my wife and daughter and not so much of me. Now I have, I think I have a belief in why that might be, but what this thing would do and my, my wife, you know, she's seen this thing manifest in a black type of shadow and she didn't know really what to call it except him. And it would petrify her. She would see it in her sleep when she'd wake up, she'd feel it lurking. It absolutely scared the hell out of her or the hell in her, I guess, you know, because that's what they want. They want to scare the hell in us. 
And one day she had a dream and she told me, she goes, this is so wild because when we went around our house and, and, and we were casting out the demons and, and, and Satan out of our home, declaring our home to be the house of Jesus Christ, this is God's home. He's our King. He is our ultimate authority that we follow. We are the bond servant of Jesus Christ. That's who we follow. We don't follow Satan. We don't follow the demons. We don't comply, you know, comply to any other nonsense and we will not allow them to be in our home and in our lives any longer through silence of acquiescence, no more. So we cast them out. We evicted them. We rebuked them. So we did this for a, a minute. And let me tell you some of the instances. Okay, let me just share some of this. I, I, I know I said that I'm not going to make this a long show. This might be a normal regular time show. But here's the thing. We had crazy stuff just not that long ago that happened here this month. Just this month. I'm not going to get into the specific details of it, but I will say this. My wife and I, in the longest time, we've been good. Like, like I said, I've shared my story of how I come to accept God into my life and let him basically work his magic or his, his, I shouldn't say magic because God's not magical, but allowed him to work his, I submitted my life over to him and handed my life over to him and said, okay, you know what, God, the way I'm doing it is clearly not working. I submit myself over to you 100%. Let's see your way. And ever since I did that September of 2020, it has been awesome. Our marriage has been wonderful. We have never been better. We're more in love with each other now than when we first met and everything in between. Now, as you guys all know, I also used to be a big pornography addict. Now, when you give up something like that, when Satan tries to use something like that to tear apart the family and you completely give that up and you completely, you know, start turning a new leaf and you give yourself up to God and you start, you know, paying attention. Oh, man, I think I'm drinking a little bit too much alcohol or, man, I think I might be smoking too much or I might be doing this or I might be engaging in this a little bit too much or I'm watching too many Hollywood movies or I'm listening to too, too much bad music, whatever it is. I started stepping away from a lot of that stuff. And yes, I still have more I want to step away from, but I stepped away from a lot of this earthly crap. And I think that, honestly, forgive my saying so, but I think it pissed them off, the little demons, because all their little tactics that once worked for me wasn't working. And so back to this dream. So, well, let me let me tell you, I'll tell you what my wife's dream was, and then I'll tell you what happened this month. So her dream and, and let me share this one other thing, because this is important. There's so many little things. Every once in a while, she would hear my voice yell for her. And I remember one time I was taking a shower and she came right into the bathroom. She goes, what? I'm like, what do you mean? What? 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 She goes, didn't you yell for me? I'm like, no. She goes, you didn't yell for me. I said, no. I'm like, did you hear me yell? She goes, yeah, it sounded just like you, like loud. And that's why I came rushing right up. So you didn't yell again because our daughter was taking a nap. I'm like, no, didn't hear anything. Didn't say anything. She goes, you're freaking me out. You really didn't? I said, no, I, I promise you. And Haven would see this little entity thinking it was good. 
right? She thought it was something good because she would we would see her on her baby monitor following something in the air with her eyes. Like, what are you doing? She's like, oh, it's it's an angel. No, what color is it? Green? What? And she kept claiming it was baby Jesus. We're like, no, sweetheart, no. If Jesus appeared to you, it's not going to be baby Jesus. No, let's let's no. And and my wife put her here in a chat. She said she could touch it and it was soft, apparently. So I, I don't know. But here's what I do know. When we cast out the demons and the evil spirits out of our house, like the lady did in the movie War Room, I know it sounds silly, but we did just like what she did and in, in our own way, in our own home. A lot of that crap went away. Everybody slept better. My wife didn't get her visitations from this dark cloud entity that she referred to as him. It all went away. And we had peace. But my wife did have one dream. Now, let me tell you the dream. Where, and I can't remember the exact context of it, and I would give her a call and have her be on, but I think my mother-in-law showed up because she's picking up our daughter so we can go to the uh, escape room that we're doing, which is a prison break, by the way. I hope I'm successful at breaking free. Um, <laughs> but she had a dream. And the dream had my daughter in it. And just like Glenn Beck's dream, Haven in this dream, which wasn't Haven, of course, it was a demon pretending to be Haven, masquerading as somebody that we love and that we know and that we trust, and took off the Haven suit, if you will, the Haven mask, and revealed itself. And if I recall correctly from my wife, she said she had no fear over this thing because it finally she knew what it was. She knew like, like it basically like we're on to you. We know who you are. You're not going to masquerade using my, my husband's voice or using my daughter. We know who you are. My wife put in the chat. I'm still kind of misunderstanding what she's saying. She says, we did the same thing, tossed it off. Oh, oh, I get it. Yeah. Because Rietta was saying here in the chat, we got rid of all movies, statues, books, et cetera, threw it all away. Yeah. If it had any dark uh, feelings to it or heaviness to it. Yeah. Same thing. We purged our house and I still think we got some, a few more things that need to go to be quite honest with you. But for the most part, we did the same thing. I still think there's a little bit more that needs to go. But in my wife's dream, this thing revealed itself. It unveiled itself and it showed itself for the real demon that it was. And now, like I said, we've never had a problem since, but, but, now here's a big but, and I cannot lie. Sorry, I couldn't resist. Um, I know, bad dad joke. I know. Now, we got into, we're into June. Okay. Like I said, June is a very busy month. We got a lot going on in the assembly. We got our elections. We got some evil scumbags that are obfuscating and infiltrating our assemblies that need to be done away with. 
There's a lot going on. We had some of the biggest spiritual attacks in the month of June. It's not even funny. Now, I'm not going to get into the details of what occurred, but I will just say this. My wife and I, since 2020, September of 2020, had the biggest fight and it was over something i don't want to say stupid but it was the intentions of the argument was pure but it escalated in a direction that it didn't need to go into and i think it was again because of the spiritual attack that we were having because we were testy we were both moody our daughter was acting in ways that wasn't typical of her misbehaving some more severe than normal and we had the largest blowout argument that we had in a long, long, long time. Now, why do I say all this? Now, I'm not a big fan of putting out my personal laundry out there. I'm not. But I'm saying this to help you guys if you're dealing with this. I'm saying this. I'm sharing this story to hopefully help you guys recognize a pattern if you have something abnormal happen within your own marriage and, and you you know, within your four walls, because then after that, we were on this big silent binge for several hours. Okay. We were cordial with each other, but we certainly weren't having pleasantry conversations with each other either. <laughs> I'll just say that I was still pissy. She was still irritated at me. That's the way it was. So me and Haven, we're watching a movie upstairs in bed, and my wife's down in the living room getting everything together to do a garage sale for the next day. She comes upstairs, and now, mind you, this is the evening time. So we went through the whole day, and then I got home, showered up, didn't say much with her, you know, just went literally the whole day and didn't say squat to each other. So she comes upstairs and she says, can you come downstairs? I said, sure. And we told Haven, stay in bed, keep watching a movie. Because anytime we leave the room, she has to follow. That's just how she is. She doesn't like to miss out, right? FOMO. We call a little Miss FOMO. So I follow my, we go downstairs and we're in the living room now at this point. And my wife, Katie, gives me the biggest hug. And so, of course, I hug her back. I'm not going to push her away. What kind of monster do you think I am? But So we hug each other, right? And, you know, she says, I'm sorry. You know, I don't like fighting. I said, well, it's definitely not the top of my priority list, you know. And so we, we talked for a quick second. And then she pivoted very, not quickly, but very, very almost instantly. She was like, I need you to do your magic prayers or whatever it is you do but I think we need that right now. I said, okay. And I knew what she was getting at with that because I felt the same thing. It's evil trying to infiltrate, get into our four walls and try to break up a marriage, right? That's what it was trying to do. We recognize that. And like Marietta was saying in the chat, recognizing what's happening is half the battle. So for about five, six, seven minutes, I prayed. I'm like, dear Heavenly Father, we come to you 
to ask for your strength, right? We, we ask that you, 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 you gird our loins, you protect us, give us your armor, because we realize that Satan is in here and he's trying to break up this family. And we cast him out in the name of Jesus Christ, him and his legions of demons. We evict them out of this home because they need to realize this is your home. You are our king, our savior, our sovereign. You're the ones, you're the only one that has the authority in this household. And so I did this prayer for, like I said, five to seven minutes. And then after we concluded it, my wife, I asked her, I said, well, what's going on? She says, well, I was sitting here on the floor putting stuff together and you could see the kitchen from the living room. It's kind of like, I don't want to say like a big great room, but it, it doesn't have much of a dividing wall. So you can see the kitchen and everything like that from the living room for the most part and the dining room. And Katie said, the water to our reverse osmosis faucet turned on by itself and it was running. And I heard it and I looked over at it and saw the water streaming out. So she said she got up, she walked over to it, realized the handle was still in the off position, but the water was running. When she got to the faucet within three, four feet, it turned off by itself. Again, with the faucet handle in the off position. In that moment, she realize what was going on it was trying to mess with her it was trying to instill fear in her and it made itself known that it was in our home so i share this story with you guys just like glenn shared his story to help you recognize that the, the battle we are in, that we find ourselves in, in today's climate, is not political battles. They're not about who is getting indicted when and where. Who gives a blippity bleep about who's getting indicted? Again, everything we're seeing on TV and in the news is all a big clown show, guys. It's kabuki theater. But I'm not going to sit here and try to convince you of that. You're going to find that out on your own terms when you start seeing and you have the eyes to see and the ears to hear. But my point I'm getting at with all of this is this is a real spiritual war. And these things can manifest in a physical type of form or use different things that are in the physical realm that we can see perceivably with our own eyes and hear with our own ears and manipulate these things to make their presence known. This is a real thing. And boy, if you could hear some of the questions I got from a certain individual here in our assembly member and on our assembly to because we read off our biographies and our we did our interviews. If you had a position that you were nominated for, like I said, for me, I was nominated to be a chaplain. This one individual, which shall remain nameless. And I'm not going to get in the contents of that conversation, but basically. They asked me. You have the ability to discern who has a demonic possession within them and who has demon a demon in them? I said, you bet your butt I do. Absolutely, yes. 
because the question was, you said on a previous podcast that you would not go to the back fence and do a Matthew, Matthew chapter 18 and go to the back fence with somebody that's got a demon in them. I said, uh, no, I wouldn't. Would you? Why would I do that? Because demons have no intention of resolving issues. All they want to do is create strife and create more issues. Why go to the back fence and try to dis- resolve a dispute with a demonically possessed person? That's stupid. All you're going to have to do is cast them out of that person. And I flat out said, so yeah, back to your original question. Can I discern if there is demonic possession in somebody? Yes, and so can my wife. And we recognize it, and we recognize its attacks. And I said to her, I said, don't you have that discernment? And all she said is, well, I sure hope so. Well, that sure doesn't sound like somebody who's really strongly rooted in faith in God. Because when you say, well, I sure hope I have that discernment, then you're not confident in the skill set that God gave you then. Because only someone who really is rooted in Christ can really understand who around you has bad intentions and who's got a demon deeply embedded in them. And there's a lot of people out there that do. Again, I was one, I think, personally, I'm just saying it, when I, you know, I think I had a little demon in me that was acting like a little a-hole until God got a hold of my life and by answering my wife's prayers. And now here we are doing so much better having the marriage of our lives. Loving every minute of it. God is good. God is great. See, I thought of this yesterday. Let's see if I can remember it. I want to put it down in my notebook. Satan is good at getting to us, but God is great at giving to us. See, all Satan and his demons try to do is get to us and to break us. God is the opposite. He wants to give to us and make us better and stronger and more prosperous than we've ever imagined in our own minds. And so back to unveiling this evil. When you are working in a position of trying to help humanity, mankind, by helping free them and, 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 and helping the assembly of states, and you're just trying everything in your behalf to help others. You're praying for other families that are dealing with issues. Like my, I'm praying for, you know, restoration of my buddy's marriage at work. Demons don't like that. When you do spiritual warfare on behalf of somebody else, that's when they come after you 10 times harder. They don't like that. They know they can't get to you, but they get really pissed when you start waging war on them on behalf of somebody else who doesn't know how to do the warfare for themselves. Does that make sense? And so they get very, very angry at that. I know this sounds strange. I know it sounds weird, but I'm telling you it's a real thing. And until you actually take it seriously, ladies and gentlemen, you're going to continue to get pummeled by this spiritual warfare. I'm telling you, you would have talked to me seven, eight, nine years ago. I would have laughed in your face about this conversation.
Yeah, Rietta says right here, once we are saved, they cannot control. It, uh, it cannot try to control us or possess us. They can only try to make our lives miserable. And prayer in the word of God is our battle tools. Yes. And she also said, Donnie and I have the same stories. One of the ladies that's in our assembly also asked me a question yesterday, asking me, because of the position of chaplain, if I have taken any courses or if I have, uh, what was the question? The question was, ah, what was the question? I forgot how she worded it. It was a good question. She, I think it was, uh, you know, um, I can't remember the question, but basically in other words, cause I asked her for more clarification. She says, well, have you taken any classes or courses on spiritual warfare? I said, no, I have not. She goes, have you at least read anything in the Bible that regarding spiritual warfare and how to tackle that? I said, well, yes, I have. I said, because, you know, obviously one of the most famous passages that Jesus says in Luke 10, 19 is I give you the authority to step on snakes and scorpions but we also need to remember not to boast about it, right? And I said, so aside from reading scripture on spiritual warfare, because it is our battle, it is our battle tool. It's our sword. I said, and I explained some of the stories that I just shared with you just now over the, you know, over the phone, you know, doing this interview. I said, so in a way, I guess you could say that even though I never took any official forming, formal training or courses on the subject, we have an idea of how to get rid of these demons and how to cast them out. And we've already done some pretty serious battle within our own four walls. And she was like, Nope, you know what? That sounds about as good as of an answer as I want. You know, that, that right there is perfect. I mean, she said something else I can't remember, but her response was awesome. Um, my wife was just saying right here in the chat, that's why I don't live in fear when faced with it anymore. And then Rietta says it's a, it's real and it needs to be taken serious read screw tape letters and the nefarious movie it's funny rietta that you mentioned the screw tape letters i just finished listening to the audiobook today it was three and a half hours long i started it yesterday and i finished finished it today and wow by c.s lewis ladies and gentlemen you can go on youtube type in screw tape letters c.s lewis and it's three and a half hours long that was an amazing listen it's a fictional read, but it is so truthful. Everything that we have been dealing with in our lives, ladies and gentlemen, I swear it's like C.S. Lewis knew it. He went through it himself, and that's where he probably came up with this book called The Screw Tape Letters. It is interesting, which reminds me, July 5th, I will not be on the air. It's a Wednesday because I'm going to that men's group that my buddy does for all the men who deal with pornography because he wants me to share my testimonial officially. And so he wants to set aside a half hour for me to share the victories uh, that I that I have. But I'm going to go into deeper detail about, hey, honestly, it's not a victory because, I mean, it is a victory. Don't get me wrong. But I also want to share with these men that just because you have a victory in one area, don't think the attacks stop because they will just try to get at you in a different angle. They'll try to figure out what is Jason's vice. Clearly we can't get at him with pornography anymore because he's completely, he completely knows the ugly truth about that. But we do know that 
he still gets a little bent out of shape when he spends a little bit too much money in any given month and you know then he's comfortable with let's start messing with him in his mind about the budget and I'll, truth be told i get pissy when i start realizing crap we spent way too much money but you know what i started doing now ladies and gentlemen when i say my morning prayers See, I knew that was going to happen. See, we're an hour and almost three minutes into it, and I said this wasn't going to be a normal long show. Here we are, going longer than typical, but this is important. Every day when I do my prayers in the morning, I have now incorporated, I shall not worry about tomorrow. I shall not worry about next week. I shall not worry about next year or next decade. God will provide all that I need. I am to live in the moment. I will live in the moment. I will cherish every moment with my family and embrace every second of every minute of every hour of every day. And crazy enough, guys, that actually has helped me stay calm and not really worry about future finances. Not saying that I'm going to spend like a drunken sailor, but if we do happen to spend a little more than I really care to, I'm not going to get upset about it. I'm not obsessing about it like I did. So that's one thing I want to share with these men at that group on July 5th. You might have that victory one day, but just keep in mind, Satan and his little legion of demons have their subtle ways of trying to attack you. But the important thing is to be aware of the spirit world be aware that's always around us and be aware of how subtle their tactics are and how quickly they can ramp up, you know, turn up the heat on you in an instant to try to cause chaos in your life. I know I went a little long, but there was two more other things I wanted to play. I don't know what movie this is from, but I found this on Telegram. Somebody posted this. This was like on a white hat page. But it says in plain sight, and I'll just read the post. It says, I'm not even surprised anymore that it has gone from a conspiracy theory to witches talking about the candy on mainstream TV. Listen to this sound clip real quick. Because again, and my wife was just saying, just like pedos trying to lure in children. That's what Glenn Beck was just talking about at the end of that video. Because again, this ain't a political talk anymore. This is about saving humanity, saving mankind, saving our children. Listen to this. This is in plain sight on a TV show. These witches talking about adrenochrome. Give this a listen. The Countess who feeds on the blood of children. You must have a lot of questions. I have answers. I'm kidnapping children that I keep in the hotel upstairs and I bring home people to feed on and then Iris helps me to filter the blood through the children. She loves, loves to hunt. She loves her condition. There's a lot of grappling with addiction with the show. Yeah, that's pretty disturbing. Here's one last clip I want to play. This was from uh, The War Room with Steve Bannon. I believe he was talking with Jim Caviezel in this. Listen to this, because he talks about this very thing. Give this a quick listen, and then we'll wrap this up in prayer. For slave labor, or is it... Adrenochrome. The whole adrenochrome empire. This is a big deal. It is listed under the NIH. It is uh, is a chemical compound. It's a molecular structure. It's uh, C9H9NO3. 
It is, um, it, it's an elite drug that they've used for many years. It's 10 times more potent than um, uh, heroin. And um, it has some mystical qualities as far as making you look younger. Um, there's, there, there's that scene in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas that nobody could figure out. No, it's, I saw that. Why did, why does MS-13 have most advanced guns? You know, why do we Sinaloan gangs have all? How come 110,000 people died or disappeared in Mexico City? Where did they go? And they're starting pulling people out of body bags now. You know, how uh, this is just insane with our military, our special forces, and we don't take care of this. You can't just have that demand unless somehow that's organized also. A hundred percent. I believe. OK, so the agents that I've spoken to. All right. Here's here's the, for a barrel of oil. Seventy seven dollars for a barrel of body parts. And uh, what's going to be adrenochrome, all the plumes that are in the woman's mother's wombs. That goes from a plastic barrel, and that's 77,000. Now, that gets sent into these um, uh, oh, biolabs. Barrel oil, seventy-seven $77,000 $77, for a, a Ukrainians have Russian bloodline and everything. And then I started looking up that. And then I started looking up this Azov Battalion stuff, the Nazis. And then the we were, just find the out. Were, they're worth financing. But, the, but we were told for two years that this is... This is not there's no Nazis there, but now there are again. This is another conspiracy theory. See, it keeps changing. It either this or that. See, and this is where it's a joke when when, you know, and Americans are seeing this. We're talking about this all the time. But I was giving good data on this. And now I realize, well, wait a minute. Maybe Putin was defending himself. Who is NATO? Who is the U.N.? And who are the central banks? Who is the IMF, the ECB, the private West Central Banks, the BIS, the Rothschild Banks? And then you start going, wow, this is, is this, fascinating. Is this why you're out Epstein Island? So in this movie, there is a sex island because Epstein Island isn't the only sex island out there. What do you mean? There's, okay, talk about the sex island because this thing is dealing with Columbia. Talk about the sex island. In this particular film, well, they, they do a raid. And the, the lady that ran that operation, she was out. She was out of prison. You see, so you've got a lot of agencies. In All right. I got to stop it there just because it's, you know, time, time is of the essence here. But anyways, but yeah, that was uh, that, that last clip. We was uh, Steve Bannon's war room and he was talking with Jim Caviezel. So at the end of the day, ladies and gentlemen, you, you got to remember there is evil lurking around us everywhere. And if you have God centered in your heart and you're rooted in God, they can't get in you and try to possess you. But they can definitely try to, you know, create freaking hell around you and try to make your life miserable. I think this is one of the reasons why. Get this. So, again, my my daughter dealt with the craziest phlegmy, phlegmiest cough that would damn near almost make her stop breathing. She was coughing so hard at night. It was actually scary. And it lasted for a couple weeks. It was very scary. caused a lot of sleepless nights for my wife. And then in the mix of all that, and yes, I still think it was part and parcel because of all the bad cookies I ate from Crumble Cookie. But my wife seems to think that this was a spiritual warfare attack. Because remember, I had the most severe migraine for 36 hours. One of those 24-hour periods in that 36 hours, I felt nauseous like I wanted to throw up. It was bad. And then I had my, like I said, my back was hurting with a pinched nerve and that was just hell for a couple of weeks. And then what's crazy is a few days ago, my wife on both sides of her, you know, body, her sciatic was flaring up on both sides. 
she was in so much pain she couldn't even sleep she had to keep moving her legs she would get up at two or three in the morning stretching on the floor she couldn't sleep she was felt like she was going nuts and then just yesterday out of the blue just went away just went away now i've been praying for her and for her relief and my daughter's relief and of course my relief my daughter is better i am about 97 98 better i still got a little 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 something there but it's about gone and my wife's pain completely went away after 48 hours i mean she was like i, I don't know I, i've never felt anything like this before so the spiritual warfare is real and they will do whatever they can to get at us so anyway let's let's get into prayer here dear heavenly father boy there was a lot to unpack here, but we thank you so very much for everything that you do for us. We appreciate your guidance and your protection, and we we thank you for giving and strengthening up that armor that you put around us. And we use your Bible as our ultimate instrument of war, our own sword, our our, our law book. It's our it's our manual to teach us how we need to be, to teach us how we need to navigate through life. Father, give us the wisdom that we need on a daily basis to be able to combat these evil demons. We know you win this war at the end, and we want nothing more than to share that victory with you. We will choose not to stand idly by, but be involved in the fight for you, on behalf of you, with you, and for others, because that's what we're here to do, is to serve others, and not for our own selves, but to serve others and to help free more people and expand your kingdom rietta adds to the prayer please father continue to reveal the evil but also give us the wisdom and discernment we need to fight this battle lord you have given us this authority to trample the snakes and scorpions lord we know you are doing great and mighty things to save people from hell please protect your children from the enemy let us be filled with your holy spirit to fight with boldness in Jesus Christ's mighty name, we pray. Amen. Amen, ladies and gentlemen. That was well said, Rietta. Love that prayer. And like I said, folks, I don't share these stories for entertainment. You know me. I like to do, there's days where I like to be goofy and, and be the entertainer. Right. That's like the inner DJ in me. I like to be the center of attention and be the entertainer. I like to make people laugh. I like I like making people feel good. Right. In a good, good, pure, honest sense. That is right. I just like to make people crack up. It's fun. Laughter is fun. But a lot of these shows and today is one of those shows. I don't share these stories to entertain you or to be like, give you that oh, wow, I can't believe Jason really went through that. I wonder if that's true. Yeah, every bit of it's true. And I share all those stories to help you, hopefully in your own life, recognize when these things occur in your own life so you know what to do and how to battle it, okay? It's no fun going through it when you're not sure how to tackle it. But when you know how to tackle it, you won't ever be scared again. There's a reason why God put in his Bible at least 365 times, fear not, because they can't do anything to us. Yeah, they can try. But unless we give it over to them, they can't take our soul. 
That's why we have the armor of God. So understand what this fight is. Comprehend how real it is. And don't poo-poo it. I'm telling you, don't poo-poo it because it is a very real thing. And now I feel bad because Destry just joined in right at the tail end. <laughs> What's going on, Destry? How you doing, man? You must have had a safety meeting or you were under a truck doing your magic. I tell you what, that guy is one hell of a welder fabricator. Yeah, I know. I am early today because um, we... Sorry, guys. Anybody that's listening to this on a download, now you're going to have just you're going to hear a little quick private conversation between me and Destry. Yeah, no. The reason I did an early con- uh, show today is because we have let's see, in two hours we have an escape room that we're doing with our neighbors across the street. So it's a double date. It's called Prison Break. So I'll let you guys know if we do that in the time frame that uh, we need to do it in. More than likely, we'll probably lose at this one because we lost the last three or four <laughs> escape rooms that we did. So we enjoy doing these. They're a lot of fun. And so it'll be it'll be a good time. Um, yeah, that's what it is. We're going to be trying to escape a foreign prison cell because apparently the simulation or the storyline is we are foreigners who are traveling in a different country and we get arrested by corrupt cops who think we are spies. And then we get uh, and then we get arrested. Uh, let me see here. And Destry just sends me a picture right here. Wow, that's quite the project. He's got a trailer. And when I say a trailer, he's got a trailer frame upside down. So the axles are standing up. So he's basically working on a trailer right now. Man, that thing looks rusted as crap. Wow. That thing looks messy and muddy. And wow. Tell you what, the ice road... The ice roads up there aren't a joke. The Dalton is tearing up your vehicles, isn't it? Man, you need like extra extra shocks to ride the Dalton, I heard. Like you need good state-of-the-art, like upper-class shocks because it's such a bumpy road from what I understand. But yeah, he says it's a 10-year-old East Coast trailer, so I guess they're outfitting it to, to run the ice roads. He said, see, the oh, the ribs under the deck were rotted out. Well, if anyone can restore trailers and, and restore frames of some of these trailers and tractors, I know, I know our man Destry can do it. He's pretty good with that. So anyways, guys, I hope you all have a great day. I told you, see, that's like me. I should just not say it. I said today was going to be a short show, and here we are going 17 minutes past what we typically do. <laughs> That's how it goes. I hope you all have a good day. Like I said, I will not be on the air tomorrow. We have a face-to-face assembly meeting. Um, I should be back on the air Sunday. I'm just not sure if it'll be Sunday evening or Sunday morning. It'll probably be Sunday evening, 7 p.m. So, But all right, folks, I hope you have a great weekend. Stay safe. And remember, it's very easy to cast out evil. It's very easy. Just watch the movie The War Room and do like that lady did in her house. That's all we did, and it worked. But you got to do it with 100% sincere, intentional prayer in your heart, in your spirit. It works. And, yes, you need to call the name of Jesus Christ all day long. You need to call out his authority. You need to declare your home is God's home. You answer to the authority of God. 
and Jesus Christ. That is your authority. That is your ultimate authority. Proclaim it. Scream it out loud. It's relevant. God bless, ladies and gentlemen. We'll see you back here Sunday. Remember, ladies and gentlemen. Remember, ladies and gentlemen. We are firm. We are steadfast. And we are uncompromising. The enemy has crossed that line for the last time. It is up to people like you and I to hold that line. They've crossed the line way too many times, and it is time for us to stand up this republic and get after it. We gotta do this for God. We gotta do this for our families. We gotta do this for America, for the voiceless. It's time to get after it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining the show. Forget to check out the website www.hisheartline.com. And if you want to know more about how to get involved with your assembly, go to www.national-assembly.net. That's www.national-assembly.net. It's time to get active, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go.
Thank you for joining us here at His Heart Line. We'll see you back here next time.